ARUP needs your help. Donating blood before a long weekend is critical. Please donate blood over the Memorial Day weekend. Call to make an appointment today at 801-584-5272 or online at utahblood.org. ARUP needs the zone listeners to step up and donate today. That is ARUP. 801-584-5272. PK question in the morning. Series is 1-1. What is your level of confidence? Series is 1-0. What is your level of confidence in the Jazz getting it to 1-1? Well, the guy who's in the restroom fixing the sinks, he's got high level of confidence. Yeah, because? I just talked to him. Oh, nice. (laughs) He said, so we're going to get our All-Star back? I said, hold on a second. (laughs) Draper Ute says, I'm as confident the Jazz will win as I am that hair metal bands will never make a solid comeback in rock and roll history. He's got Twisted Sister gif. We're not going to take it anymore. They used correct grammar. We're not going to take it no more. But, uh, okay. I'm pretty confident, yeah. Because they've responded this whole season. Now, I know the playoff is drastically different. But we, we've come to bury them a time or two this season. and They've rallied. They have, yeah. Put together another nine-game win streak. Right, exactly. Free Jazzy Ute tweets in, I'm pretty confident. Although I'm less confident in the Jazz leaving Memphis tied 2-2, though. Uh, yeah, I'm not really even thinking about that right now, though. But I mean, I understand why you would. Uh, but we'll let's see what's today Wednesday we got uh, Friday to hit that Earl Partridge's Earl Partridge's ghost I'm very anxious going into this one I'm not going to lie I need the Jazz to storm them out of the gate and assuage my fears no you don't you need him to win by one Who's Earl Partridge? Have to look that up for you. I don't know. I think he's a general. I just did. He was a four-star general. U.S. Air Force. Sweet! I I don't know about that uh, whole thing on, on, you know, the the proverbial good start. I want to see them being a flow early because Memphis could play well early too. And so that could kind of mitigate you getting out to a nice lead early. But I think, I think it's important for the jazz to play what we identify as jazz basketball early and their style, their flow, the things that they do that has made them successful. Right. So, so that's def- what I want to see. Defending well, contesting all the threes, forcing people in at uh, Gobert. He doesn't get in foul trouble. And then offensively, the ball's moving. Right. It's when they're playing well, it's pretty. It's as you it like really to say, is. visually pleasing. It really is, man. The ball moves, bing, bing, bing. The last guy that throws the last pass gets the, the assist, but with a boom. But there are probably two or three guys who've made good passes right before that. Yeah, we've seen that in the way they play this season. We all watch, our listeners all watch, so we've seen it a million times to see them move the ball, do what they do, what's made them effective. That's what I want to see. And I don't want to see hesitancy, and Quinn Snyder talked about that. Uh, so let's not see that. Let's do what each team has a different way of winning, particular to their particular team. Some may overlap to a degree. Most likely they do. But we know full well what the Jazz formula is. And that's what I want to see them get right into that 
and and have success with it. And so I'm not really concerned. Are they up by two? Are they up by ten? Obviously, you know, the bigger the lead, the better. But at the same time, do what they do. You know, what I don't want is an 18-point first quarter. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That sort of... And he sort of weighs on you mentally. And you can almost like feel tension in the arena. We've been in that situations too where you see, okay, this isn't, this isn't trending well. And so you start to get nervous there. And then it compounds it. Joseph Lover says, I am as confident in the Jazz winning as I am that snow melts in 90 degree weather. It do. Having lived in Phoenix where it's 90 often and it snows often, I can tell you. That that happens. And you should see when it snows, and then the next day is 114. Man. The snow is like, I'm out of here. The the whole quick start thing, uh, you know, you want them to play well and look it out of the gate, but I think when the Jazz are, you know, there's that stat about all the 20-point wins they've got this year and all the time, the 10-0 runs. Sure. To me, the most meaningful ones... The one Jazz fans should really want is the third quarter one. Because when they drop those runs in the third quarter, when they build those leads in the third quarter, it's the knockout punch nine times out of ten. They've buried so many teams with good third quarters. You know, they play an okay half, they're up by six or whatever, and then the third quarter, drop the hammer. That's where a lot of games have gotten away, and gotten away to the point you know that they're not coming back. You know, you can build that lead early, but as you like to say, there's so many possessions in an NBA game. If you still have 50 possessions left in the game in the middle of the second quarter or whatever, there's a long time to come back. But you do that to somebody, you know, with three minutes left in the third and the building's going nuts, they're probably done. They're probably done. Like, all right, regroup, go back oh, yeah. to Memphis, try it for game but three. But call it time and score. Yes, time and score, baby. And so, yeah, you know that. And, that, and I agree. If you can turn it on then, your chances of winning the ball game go up and the games exponentially. Cha- the game's changed a lot in the 20-plus years since Stockton and Malone were making their, ra- their runs. But yeah. that is the one thing that has stayed the same. They often ended games in the third quarter. Again, that five- or seven-point lead, yeah, playing all right, not great, but yeah, looking okay. And then third quarter, look great. And it was over. The lead went to 22, and it was over. And that's the thing this Jazz team has in common with those teams. Just ending it in the third quarter with decisive runs. Well, I think that that's important, yes. And that's why I say play the style that has led you to win early because that eases Mm -hmm. the tension Yep, and gets people to relax. And clearly, I think all of us, no matter what it is, we perform better in whatever job we have. Here we're talking about basketball playing when you're relaxed. It just makes sense. You're at your best when you're in a natural state and you're not pressing and you're not gripping. We all know that. And so it's, I think it's the same type of deal here with them. And that's why I want them to see, I want to see them play the way they're capable of playing early. Whether they have a big lead or not, I'm not as concerned. I want to see them play the formula that they're playing and that they've played to get them the best record in the league. I think that's what's most important. And let's see it right from the very first possession. And this is a Steve Cleveland thing that he drummed into me when I covered BYU years ago was 
value possessions. He used to talk about in conference games when everybody has scouted everybody and you've recruited a lot of the same players, so you're familiar with what they're doing, they're familiar with you're doing what you're doing, and possessions become extremely important, meaning don't waste them. And I think we saw early here this team uh, was a little loose with the ball because then, too, when you're loose with the ball and those open court live ball turnovers that we call, that gives the other team confidence. And I don't really want to see Memphis have not just confidence, but I think when you watch Brooks and to an extent Morant, it's cockiness. These guys are young bucks. And they sort of think they believe and belong. And the more you allow them to grow that, the more difficult the task is going to be for you. Without question. Yeah, so don't give them 10 easy points in the first quarter because you've turned the ball over five times. And they get out there and Durant, uh, Morant is, uh, you know, he's lightning quick. We've seen that. And he's got all sorts of quickness, too. It's quickness in the open court on a dead run. It's quickness in the stutter game, uh, hesitation, uh, whatever it, you, however you define quickness with the ball, he's got it at in various ways, not just running to a straight line from point A to and point B being in the basket. No, he can slither, and he can, in a possession when he's getting to the basket, where he doesn't need quickness, he can turn the quickness on to get from one spot to the other that allows him to slither and then gets quicker again. Guy's got it all. And that's why if he goes out and gets his 25, uh, it's not the end of the world, and you'd rather he not do it. I think he averaged just a shade under 20 points a game this year. Uh, but it's also not the end of the world, and it's more someone, whether it's Dylan Brooks or someone else, going off for 31. Yes, and don't, I can, don't I can, get them that yeah, confidence. Right. I can live with John Moran at 25. That's not that much more than what I expect him to do. That's pretty much standard. Yeah, they, he, he's, he can get that, and they can still get worked. The reason why they won that game, obviously there's several reasons, but the primary reason was Brooks going off and then getting all sorts of cocky, too. I mean, you can see it. He's one of those dudes who apparently, I don't watch a lot of him, but I watch him in college, that he plays better when he's emotional. You know, Joe does that too. And if that's his game and and you're the Memphis folks and you're Jenkins, you tell him, yeah, have at it, man. If you need to jaw, whatever it is that gets you going, that's what I'm going to call it. It's jaw and jaw. See what you did there. Jaw and jaw. All right, DJ and PK, everything you missed in this show coming up next. Yach will continue to try to uh, track down Dan Feldman from NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk, but something's up there. He may be stuck on a Zoom call that ran late. All right, DJ and PK, everything you missed in this show next. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Bob Fisher with us here on The Big Show. He's on the broadcast for the Memphis Grizzlies. I heard some stats that on open threes, the Jazz were like 12 of 41, which is crazy. That of their 47 threes, 41 of them were open. They're not going to miss that many again. So I think it's going to be very difficult for the Grizzlies. To win game two, I think the Grizzlies are going to have to play their best game of the year, and that's a tough task. Donovan Mitchell and that entire team is going to play with a vengeance. They're going to come out playing desperate basketball, and the Grizzlies are going to have to try and match that. 
Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Griffin out of the right wing, hands back Harris. Steps in with three. It's good! And now he owns the record for most threes in a playoff half for the Nets. Harris with six of them. Great dish. Schroeder drew the attention. Finish it, A.D. LeBron James, wide open for three. Yes, sir! Dodged across the line from right to left. Mavericks trying to play two for one. Luka off one foot from three. Oh, what a ridiculous shot. He was drifting to his left and just put it up because he was trying to play two for one. Three NBA playoff games. Nets blowing out the Celtics 131-08. They had a massive lead in the first half and just kind of played the last 24 minutes because, well, the rules say you have to and all the commercials were sold. That game was over early. Nets win 131-08. They're up 2-0. PK, does Boston get a game or is it over in a sweep? Because it seems like those are the only questions. And right now, I think everyone's leaning towards sweep. You going to go the other way? No. I got a text from a uh, hardcore Laker fan. Longtime friend of mine last night. Gotta say, I'm not sure either the Jazz or the Lakers can beat the Nets if they're all healthy. What do you think? Uh, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think a lot of people have the doubt. I think you have to get there first before you really worry about it. But uh, Locke told us that a couple months ago. He said the Nets are unguardable. They got three guys out there if they're all healthy. They got three guys out there at the end of a close game. If it's even close. How are you going to stop him? And he also picked the Clippers. Well, that's the key, is pick a lot of people. And if that person... No, I mean from the West. Oh, sure. Yeah. But I think the Nets' offensive firepower is overwhelming, and everyone can see that. Now, are they going to be healthy? Can they be a little off so you can outscore them and win 120-115? I mean, the Suns are struggling to get to 100 points against the Lakers. They did after it didn't matter last night. 109-102 the final, but they got stuck on 92 for about three minutes. Four minutes left in the game, they scored, and they went three minutes without scoring, and the game was over. Well, that's because they were without their best playmaker. No Chris Paul. Played two and a half minutes in the fourth quarter. 23 for the game. Yeah. So, he's not healthy. Forget it. Lakers are winning. They may win either way, but if he's not healthy and does what he d- did in game two, they're, da- they're done in five. It was not encouraging watching that game last night. Not from the Suns' perspective or the anti-Lakers perspective, which is probably way more folks around here. I think we've got a few Arizona transplants that have made their way up here. Uh, so, yeah. It would sort of be a bummer if it's uh, Nets and Lakers. We went through all this dog and pony show, and then same two teams. Teams that we expected. They yep, got the they stars. Got yeah. And then they were orchestrated, too. It wasn't like it was uh, grown. No. And they went through all these hard times together like they used to do. That's that's for other teams. <laughs> that's for the little people. Yeah. The Jazz and the Nuggets and the Mavericks. They can draft guys and go through hard times. Lakers and Nets will just... Go to free agency and get some players. Pluck or get guy, or guy. get chosen by the players who choose themselves. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's orchestrated, whether it's free agency or you force a trade. Because at the time, if you recall, I think Ainge uh, would have been uh, oh, a year and a half ago, he had the opportunity to acquire Anthony Davis and was willing to give a package that New Orleans was interested in. 
But Davis said, I'm not resigning. What are you going to do that for? And so he went where he wanted to go, and it's really, really hard to get behind those teams and, and pull for them. Normally at the pro level, I've got no teams that I root against because it just it's all they're just it's all ball bearings. What's the point? It's all entertainment to me. But there's the point. Yeah, it is because it's removing the competition. It's not like I root against them a lot, and my day's going to be made. But to see them, they they went to an organization was absolutely in chaos. Or at least LeBron did. That sucked for so long. He still went there. So everything we preach about the Jazz, the Lakers didn't have. We still went there anyway. It's L.A. I'll make it happen. Now, he's just that good. He can go anywhere and make it happen. But my guess is, you know, he probably knew to an extent, well, I can get Davis, and he's going to force his way out of New Orleans. Small market. Who gives a crap about them? That's a football town. Nobody pays attention. Despite the fact that the NBA force-fed us the Pelicans over and over this year, it blew up in their face. I, I, I refuse to watch it. No point. Yeah. They're no good. Right. Nor do we really think Zion Williamson's okay and all that. Nor nor do we think Zion's staying there. But if you force feed me something, I'm going to rebel against it. You weren't alone. And then there's the Clippers, who I just thought looked just not all that interested. That didn't have the feeling of a playoff game. It was just guys go up, up and down, casting up shots and... Um, there was there's a whole thing about grinding and out and all that. There was there was none of that. I didn't feel like there was any. There's no grindation. Yeah, no, no. And I just I'd, I'd really like to know. Uh, the the Jazz use the word connected all the time, right? It's it's the word of the year. Quinn Quinn Snyder says it. We get players now repeating it. You said Rudy Gobert just used it. The late the Clippers of all the playoff teams, they look the least connected. It's guys just playing basketball. But, you know, if you go back to the gym an hour later, they'll all be on different teams. <laughs> what, what are we doing here? They couldn't make a run. They couldn't get stops. But it didn't really look like they were going that hard to get stops. Dallas ran their stuff and got open shots. Huh. And often pretty quickly. Do you think his Porzingis' trip to the strip club motivated him? Probably not. Hey, man. I can't play like a boob in this game. Hey, oh, he was fined fifty grand for that because he violated the rule prohibiting players from going into bars, clubs, lounges, or similar establishments. Fifty grand, so he had to full well know he was going to get fined. So fifty grand means nothing. Well, some people think they can blend in, but you're seven and three, seven three. I mean, you can't blend in. You know, you're some six two guard. You might blend in. You're seven three. He's never. He's never. Yes, that's an enormously tall. Mark Eaton tells some story about Stockton having something pithy to say in some mall. It might have been the gallery in Houston or someplace like that, walking around killing time. And Stockton could walk around and be unnoticed, but he walked with, uh, with Eaton once, and they both got recognized. And Stockton's like, this is your fault. Although oh, yeah, slightly more colorful than that. Well, I mean, Eaton says he goes to get gas, and it's a community event. Yeah. And so seven, he's 7'4", man, pretty much as tall as it gets. Brian. Brian. Hello. Brian, hello. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Hey, I, I, I'm listening to what you guys are saying, and, I, and I've been thinking about this for a long time because I feel like the NBA is allowing the players to ruin the game, uh, allowing them to, to go to bigger markets to, to do, you know, the, like LeBron James, he, he 
could have gone anywhere, but he went to L.A. And, uh, and like you were saying, the organization was just horrible. But the, uh, but because it's a bigger market, it, they're pushing for that. And same with, like, the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard and allowing Paul George. And I, and I just feel like that they're, they can't get out of their own way to, to make the game better. Like, they're just allowing the players to walk all over. That's what I feel like. And you guys are pointing it out, and I wish that that could get out more. I come on, what what can they do to to, to keep? Yeah, I don't know that they can. I I don't know that they can do anything. Thanks for the call. I think this goes back to the law of unintended consequences. You know, there was a time when NBA players were signing seven-year contracts and guys were getting them based on potential or on one good playoff series, and then teams had these long contracts forever. So the owners, uh, in a collective bargaining agreement, worked to shorten those deals, and then the players started to figure out, wait a minute, this kind of works in our advantage, and they started putting the opt-outs in there, and I don't know that it can go back. You, everybody has to sign for five years. Really? And I also don't know that it's wrong for the bad for the league. It's bad for us, but is it bad for the league? Because right now, what's going to draw the most attention? Lakers, Nets. Never forget the ability of... Okay. Never underestimate the power of people hating a team or really disliking an athlete to drive the ratings. Not everybody's tuning in because they love player X and they want him to, to win. And that doesn't matter who it is. You know, Tom Brady. Plenty of people watch the Patriots hoping they would lose. They don't like Brady and they don't like Belichick. Sure, but there's plenty of guys like me who don't hate anybody but want to see the stars. But if two teams are stars and you don't like either one, and you were just talking about how both these teams are turning you off, don't you want one team you feel good about? One, no. One. I don't care. One one cowboy with the black hat, sure, but both. I think there's plenty of sports fans out there who aren't into that. That's what you, you grew up that way. You grew up loving a team and hating a team, so that's your frame of reference. Mm-hmm. I grew up watching sports because I like to watch sports, and I think there's plenty of people out there like that too. So they're not gonna they don't necessarily hate anybody, but they want to see the best players. So that's what they're gonna watch. So I think there's that's a significant faction too. Let's go see Jordan wowed you. You didn't have to be a Bulls fan. He just wowed you. And so the massive ratings and massive everything around him because that's who he was. I didn't root for or against Jordan. Didn't care. But I certainly watched him all the time. And so who do you want to see? You want to see the biggest stars? Yeah. That's what you're going to end up getting. That does seem like we're headed where we are going. So I don't know that it's necessarily you need a villain. For some, yes, I get it. Oh, the villains work. Yeah, I agree. But I don't think that there's exclusively that you. that's the reason why. I, when it gets to Lakers-Nets, if it gets there, I'm not going to root for either team. I really don't care. But yet I'm going to be intrigued by the series. I'm going to be interested in watching. All right, so we spent a lot of time on the NBA this morning, a lot of time on those games and on the Jazz tonight, the Jazz and Grizzlies, 8 o'clock the tip time. Uh, anything else you want to pass along to the people from today's show? Oh, Your no, key for the Jazz winning on the court or all the superstitions we heard about today? Yeah, I don't know about superstitions. Mm-hmm. I try not to get involved in that, although I have not been uh, free of that myself, in, in all honesty. Really? Baseball player, a little high school superstition, or something more recent than that? 
Not from a fandom, but as a player. Yeah, I mean, because I, I don't really have that fandom winning or losing. My fandom is in the actual competition. That's what I'm a fan of, the actual competition that I get to watch. That's what draws me in rather than the result. Uh, so I, since I don't really have that result interest, it eliminates the superstition. But, yeah, as a player, you know, if you got a couple of hits, which I think I did once, uh, <laughs> you know, made sure I tried to do the same thing the next day or what have you. Uh, so, do you ever step across the third baseline? You, you hop on the line or jump over? I, it? I don't remember any of that. Yeah. I don't because I, I don't really remember anything that I specifically did, but I do remember doing stuff. It's sort of like mild superstition. I think was out there. Uh, it's not like I had a, a lot of success anyway. So, what difference did it make? Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I think you know I had, I had to make out with the same gal before the game. Yeah, I didn't like I didn't like to change him up. Off season was another story. You know what I mean? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you two looking at me for? You know why? Sick of you two looking at me. Look the other way. Be like that guy who went and let his brother watch the jazz game. Was it, was the last two <laughs> the best when nobody looked at you and just went downstairs and you're in the cave socially distanced? The last Nobody two. looked at you for a year. For now, oh. we're back to doing the show in the same studio. Yeah, I can't wait for COVID twenty. <laughs> Everybody else can. <laughs> Everybody else can wait. Uh, yeah, I handled it. I rolled with it because it was the circumstances. And I'm basically a loner anyway, so it was no big deal. Some people, but we couldn't look at you, so it was great. You didn't get looked at. I, I know. I just, I just rolled with it. I, I was more. My whole thing is what's best for the show is what I want. And so if that means me being there at the time, that's what was best for the show, I did it. Now best for the show for me to be here, I'll do it. Whatever whatever it takes to keep the job and keep the paychecks coming, that's what I care about the most. I'll do whatever that, whatever is required of me to do to keep those paychecks coming and keep this job, I'm doing. All right, DJ and PK coming up next. Your feedback is on the way. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. I grew up in Napoleon Dynamite country. We used to get sports cards, go out like Lord of the Flies, and burn the cards of team players from the other team. Works every time. Sometimes I wouldn't move and my whole lower body would go numb. Or if I was holding the remote in the right way, I would not move my fingers and they would just start to tingle and burn. That's how much I love the Jazz. So my superstition is to get all the player cards from both teams and put them down like a war match and try to predict the outcome of the game. But if we lose, burn them all, burn them all. Since eighth grade, my Jazz superstition has been to watch the games live and never look at my phone because the moment they feel me look at my phone, they know I'm not fully invested. In high school, we put Icy Hot in the center's jock strap. We won the very first game, so every game after that, he put Icy Hot, and we ended up winning region. <laughs> you got to sacrifice. That's what it takes. <laughs> Keep your phone down because they will know. <laughs> They're going to feel it. Joe yeah. Ingles. I am. We, we got it. Can you say some of these? We had a place for Joe. These will crack him up. We know a lot of them, and yeah. where is that guy? Where does she live? Because somehow they'll know that. Yeah, Joe's not going to hit this three because he's going to sense she's looking at her phone. Yeah. Bountiful. 
Is it uh, Pleasant Grove? Where is she? She cannot look at her phone. They'll know. Yeah, they'll they'll know. Oh, they'll know. Yeah, they can sense it. Quinn Snyder calling timeout, standing up like, ah, I'm not going to draw my best inbounds. Put your here. phone down! So that was <laughs> Jessica who sent that one in. Jessica? Okay, Jessica. They'll know. I agree with you. They'll know. Somehow they'll know, man. If you pick up that phone, they're throwing up a brick. I mean, the cause and effect, it's there. You can draw a straight line. Time for your feedback. Everything you have to say about today's show. We gave away jazz tickets earlier today to see the game tonight. Gave it away to people with their crazy superstitions. So we've still got people hitting us up with all the superstitions that govern their, govern their life. A lot of pyros in the group here. A lot of burning of stuff. Player cards. Burn the player cards. The player cards are getting burned. That's what it's come down yeah, to. Yeah, I got ticked one year when the Yankees didn't win the World Series. So I burned my Babe Ruth rookie card. Clint says on game day, I ate two entire pizzas, three hot dogs, and 13 donuts while dressed like at David DJ James. Hashtag superstitious. He's calling you chubby. That's a lot of food. That's a lot of food. That is a lot of food. That's impossible to eat, too. It is. I don't believe that. Sure looks good. Two pizzas and 13 donuts? Like I said, I couldn't do it. I like that. I I I can eat 13 donuts in a week, let alone before a game. Depends on the donut, I would guess. Clint also <laughs> takes a shot at that last call to the NBA can't let stars go to big markets and glamour teams. High collar, didn't the NBA block Chris Paul to the Lakers? Sure, that was then, though. That was then, this is now. He still got to L.A. and the Clippers. You can't block a free agent, you can block a trade. Yeah. I don't think you block Especially, and they blocked the trade because they own the... The league was running the Pelicans at that time. Yep, they owned So it was an unusual, maybe like a literally <laughs> once-in-a-lifetime situation. And the mention of the hot dogs has Pace Mannion texting me. Nine yeah. hot dogs! Three exc- No, four exclamation points. You really did that, man. I can't I, believe I you really, did that. I really what did were you that. thinking? Uh, All right. Pretty much nothing. We got one that just was A little bored during a road disgusting. game. A little ded- bored during a road game, and I took a dare. A dedicated listener of ours just said, hey, this is a really funny topic. I've heard from at least six different friends slash clients of mine who are all members of the dominant faith around this region. And right, Catholics. Said that, yeah, Catholics. And they went to the game and said they're convinced God is punishing them by allowing the Jazz to lose game one. Oh, because they went to the game on a Sunday. Yeah, because they... Keep the friggin' day holy. Yeah, so... Somebody's got to look up the Jazz all all-time right, well, playoff record on home Sunday games. And then games. he also said, though, I have been to 31 home games this year. He's a season ticket holder. They've won wow. every game I have been there in person. I was not there on Sunday, and I will be there the rest oh, of the way yeah, in the Oh, yeah, well, you know, as far as going on that Sunday, just wait to the first Friday of the month, go to confession, say five Hail Marys, it'll be all good. I love my Catholic faith. Clearly. Dedicated. My mother's sister was a nun. My both sisters were married by cousins who were priests. Your sisters were married by their cousins who were priests. Okay. That's not that hard. It's yep. a, Took me a second. Not my mother's cousin's uncle's brother. <laughs> Don't do it. I just made it up. <laughs> okay, good. Doesn't make any sense anyway. And both of those cousins were Casserly's. Charlie. Brothers of Charlie. 
ARUP needs your help. Donating blood before a long weekend is critical. Please donate blood over the Memorial Day weekend. Call to make an appointment today at 801-584-5272 or online at utahblood.org. ARUP needs the Zones listeners to step up and donate today. That's ARUP. Don't don't eat nine hot dogs in one sitting. No, I won't do it again. Come on. I, I, I need you to last a few more years. <laughs> when I'm gone, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> right now, you're useful to me. Yes. <laughs> you helped that paycheck that I was talking about, so don't, don't do anything stupid. All hail the paycheck. Yeah. Like in the year 2045, if you want to eat. 2045. <laughs> well, yeah, I intend on doing this probably till 2040. I don't know about That's you. It's just the year 2045. I don't, <laughs> 20 years, we're halfway home, huh? Yeah. Yak was doing the math on 20. We're coming, well, we just passed 19, so yeah, we got uh, next spring. the 20th anniversary is coming up next April. Oh, we got to have a blowout, man. We got to have a plaza wide party. I'm up for that. Yeah. Tables and donuts everywhere. <laughs> 20 years of DJ and PK. Stop by for breakfast. That needs to happen. <laughs> now, Mitchell, we need food guys, trucks with, with breakfast. Oh, totally. Yeah. We'll have it all day. Sweet. Have it after the show. During the show and after. A 24-hour show. Yeah, we just thank all the people who kept yeah. us employed. Because really, you did, you know. Now, Mitchell thinks he's works. got guys who doubted him. Hey, buddy, PK doing a radio <laughs> show for 20 years? You ain't got nothing here, on me. Here we go. <laughs> Talk about overcoming all odds. There were a few close calls early on. <laughs> all right. When we come back, we won't be here. Get the logic of that. Work that out. When we come back, Hens and Scotty will be here next on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.